Oi, Danny, what's this shit I've been heard? Some shit you think you are than me? When, when he looked at me when he said yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> why, why are you referring to yourself? He looked me straight in the eye when he said that. Where have you heard this? Oh. Some extra I've been doing a podcast with said he heard it over here. You've been trying to impress the extras on the podcast by saying you think you are than me. I, I honestly, honestly haven't said anything. Yeah. You think you're well hard, don't you? Oh, you hard! No, no. You're not. No, no, you're not. And if I hear you slag me off on this podcast one more time, I'll be coming over here and you'll see exactly what hard is. You know what that is? Yeah, beating me up and stuff. Do you know what that is? <laughs> beating him up and stuff. Yeah. Kick him in the balls. No need to be specific. Yeah. This is the final warning. <coughs> Hello, <laughs> to the second. We're cutting you off, Danny. That's it. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the second episode of the Worm and Blog Podcast Extras Edition. My name is James, and with me, I don't know why he's saying he can hold his breath underwater for three and a half minutes. He panics in water, if anything. It's Danny. Wow, I did learn to swim when I was twelve. So, <laughs> and if he wanted big lights, he could have big lights. It's Jack. I want small lights, if anything. <laughs> and we miss him out for one episode, and lo via Skype doth cometh the host. It's Seth. Oh, come on, James. You're presenting like a dead horse. <laughs> a bit of it, love. <laughs> well, there we go. Yeah. That's, that's what we're getting uh, Right, here we are, guys. Back together again. Uh, after what felt like a little bit of a full start with the Ben Stiller episode. I think we're up and running now with all the characters and ready to go. Yeah, here we go. And Seth's back. Uncle Seth's back in town. Yep. Welcome I'm back, back. Ben. Yeah. I quite like that uh, Ben Stiller episode. I mean, I know we're not here to talk about that. No, go on, Seth. Let, 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 let's hear. You, you weren't here last time, so, so go on. Shall I have my little bit, of my Stiller moment? Yeah, yeah, come, yeah. On, come on. Well, I quite enjoyed it, and I, it brought back memories of watching it for the first time. And uh, specifically, I had quite high expectations. Okay. I think when you're sort of 18, 19, there's not so much of a gulf between, or there's more of a gulf between expectation and reality. Like, I expected, because it was Ricky Gervais and Stephen Merchant, it was going to be incredible, it was going to be The Office. So I do remember a palpable sense of disappointment the first time I actually watched it, because it wasn't The Office. I, I found um, Andy Millman a bit jarring. I found it a bit jarring that he wasn't, you know, Brent, he wasn't so sort of cringy, he was a bit too sharp and a bit too witty. But I sort of, uh, upon reappraising it this time, I thought it was a good episode. I enjoyed Ben Stiller's performance. I think the issue was with one of the standouts. The issue with the Ben Stiller episode, after reflecting on it after watching this episode, is that Andy lacks, and also all the characters really, lack the nuance that they get in this episode. Do you know what I mean? Like all of the Perhaps, touches yeah. all of the touches that we get in this episode about introducing us to the dynamic with Greg and Andy, we don't have when we just watch the Ben Stiller episode in isolation. So yeah, you're right, jarring is a perfect word to describe it, because you're kind of thrown straight in there as having, almost having to assume what the character dynamics are. But do you know what I mean about when you're a bit younger, you're perhaps not so cynical about stuff like that. So it's like, oh, it's Ricky Gervais and Stephen Merchant's next thing. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be incredible. And then, yeah, I was I remember being disappointed at the time, but surprised by how good it was on reflection. It yeah. was better than I remembered, basically. 
I, I remember I was totally cynical about it. I watched that Ben Stiller one and I was like, oh, oh really? Yeah. I, I okay. don't really know if I want to carry on watching. So I didn't really, I, I, I remember not getting any enjoyment out of it really. I didn't think it was funny at all. It was kind of like how, how I felt when I watched the first episode of Derek. Mm. And then I felt I did give up. But with this one, I watched episode two and it was amazing. So, yeah. And it was quite. I do remember, I do remember thinking that this episode was a marked step up in quality yeah, without yeah. a doubt. I mean, and I found Grant hilarious, Ross Kemp. <laughs> yeah, and it's just yeah, this episode two with with uh, Ross Kemp and Vinnie Jones as the guest. I mean, we spoke about it last week. It was supposed to be episode one. Yeah, and you can tell it's supposed to be episode one. We kind of we we beaten that dead horse. Well, also, so, I, think, I think culturally as well, yeah. people like Ross Kemp and Vinnie Jones mean more to us than Ben Stiller does. Yeah, Do you know what I mean? Because obviously he's he's what we know he's from our side of the pond, and and it's kind of I get why I, I get why that would be lost on the American audience, and therefore why they made the decision that they did, mm-hmm. but. It's like, I remember reading this thing about like Nuts and Zoo magazines when they first came out. They had like Britney Spears and stuff all over the covers yeah. and they weren't selling that well. And then suddenly they got this girl from Hollyoaks and it just, the sales went through the roof just yeah. because she's nobody really. But she's just someone that the it's British the girl next door with. thing, isn't yeah, it? Exactly. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so it Ross Camp is the girl next door. In chases. <laughs> 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 you know. well, it's the hard, but, the hard man next door. Yeah, yeah. The hard man is, next is he, door. Is he hard? Yeah. Ross Kemp. You know, the, the, the real British hard man, you know. And he's, he's ripe for parody because everyone remembers Grant and the Oprah. Oh, acting and the ridiculousness yeah. of but not just that all of and everyone's met did. everyone's met someone in their lives who over overreacts and pretends they were in the army and pretends the SAS yeah. you know rang them up in the middle of the night and, <laughs> met, and let them meet in a secret location I met someone like that recently actually and had some quite hilarious experiences with it <laughs> <laughs> what someone who was basically just doing the whole Ross Kemp thing saying don't get into a fight with me kind of thing no no literally and it was like I could actually kill someone with my bare hands I look around this room 12 objects I could kill you with. <laughs> he's, like, he's like like scanning the room for things he could kill you with. But when someone's talking like that, it's got to be bullshit, hasn't it? It's got to be bravado. Well, I don't know. Could you imagine if someone really was from the SAS? What would what would possess them to actually speak like that? If someone exactly. could genuinely do it, what kind of a person could do it and speak like that? Exactly. <laughs> but I've actually, I actually found a review of this um, of these early episodes, and... Uh, and they say in it that Ben Stiller was hilarious, but Ross Kemp doesn't pull it off so well in number two, mainly because he's not the world's best actor. Mm. But I disagree with that. I, yeah, I, disagree I kind of that. like the idea. I mean, yeah, he's not the world's best actor. And it comes yeah, true, yeah. Him. He's being very one-note and not naturalistic at all. But I, I kind of appreciate that. Like, they kind of... They were able to use his weaknesses to an advantage because it straight away, yeah. as, as soon as it started, and as soon as you kind of get the first bit of dialogue out of Ross Kemp as himself, not as ne- as Horatio Nelson, but as himself, especially coming after the, <laughs> yeah. especially com- coming after the agent scene, I think that did a really good job, better than the first Ben Stiller episode of setting the tone for the whole series. Like, okay, this isn't naturalistic. This is heightened. This is kind of this is more this is broader. This is more of a stereotypical yeah. sitcom, and that allowed me to then kind of understand what Gervais and Merchant were going for. Yeah, yeah. You bloody get on with it, ignorant. This scene where um, Gervais first talks to uh, Kemp. Kemp. Obviously, we as English viewers, we everyone. Everyone in England knows who Ross Kemp is. Everyone who's watching this episode knew Ross Kemp, knows his whole shtick, yep. knows he's kind of like the nation's hard man. Do you think that, obviously, this scene where he claps Milman on the back and starts talking about his SAS stuff, yep. and, the, and obviously the joke is that he's bought into his own hard man image enough that he's kind of bullshitting, right? Yeah. Do you think that that gets across to an American audience who are watching it on HBO at the time? Do you think, mm-hmm. obviously, they're never going to know who Ross Kemp is, do you, but do you think it's a, that scene is enough for them to go, okay, I get it, I, I get who this guy is? 
you know what I mean? Because otherwise, mm, completely yeah, no, I think so. I think to be honest, it's it's hard to look at it through their eyes. But I try to think of it like some of the references in Curb Your Enthusiasm. Like there's lots of celebrities that pop up in Curb Your Enthusiasm. I don't really know, but I generally am able to sort of cling on to the joke that they're making I feel on some like level. Americans are less kind of not. Yeah, not they're less, less tuned into that. Yeah, not irony. less. All right, don't don't slag them off. Not less able to do it, but less likely to do it because they haven't had to go through their whole cultural lives of going, okay, I'm going to have to assume who this American celebrity is. Whereas like yeah. when we grew up watching The Simpsons, pretty much every reference like references when I was. 12 watching The Simpsons. I didn't know who Jay Leno was. I, we never got the Jay Leno show. Like, I didn't I didn't know who most of these American references were, but you kind of just had to deal with it, don't you? And suck it up and kind yeah. of, like, figure it out. Whereas Americans aren't used to having popular shows made in other countries that are throwing cultural references at them that it's just their own... That, you All know, right. too bad. Well, let's start however, however, before he's introduced, there is a scene with Maggie and Andy sitting in the trailer looking at him, mentioning he's Ross Kemp, oh, he's that's such a sight. Well, yeah, but that's the thing. That's So I'm watching it back, <laughs> I kind of... My wife fell. That's it. It's like Pac-Man with a perfectly round head. Yeah. That is absolutely brilliant, that zippy impression. Hang on a minute. The question is, though, do, would, would the Americans know what a rainbow is? Well, exactly, that's the thing. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Is all this podcast going to be about Americans? <laughs> no, but... <laughs> <laughs> because because it was so kind of half targeted towards an American audience, yeah. it's interesting to think about whether they would have got but it or not, or, or whether it matters. I mean, I kind of one thing I respect. I don't get is, it. I don't get it. One thing I respect <laughs> about it is that they were kind of like, no, let's get Ross Kemp, let's get Les Dennis, let's get Keith Chambers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To me, it's apart from the Ben Stiller episode, it's a very British sitcom. I always think. Yeah. You know, it is very right down British. to like when the whistle blows in series. Yeah, series. I think I mean, it's got its British in its DNA, but they've obviously they've they've dropped some of these huge stars in who are noticeable all around the world, and yeah. that then. But then again, The Office didn't have to have all that, and it still got the it yeah. still managed to grip them, and and you know. Know, bring the world on board. Yeah. yeah, but the office wasn't made. With but I think the, it took. The I think because it. they'd done that. <laughs> Blow, yeah. I think I, I think because they'd done that with the office, a really homegrown kind of comedy, they were allowed to have a bit of fun with this, right? Yeah, they yeah, were yeah. given a bit more carte blanche and a bit more license to go a little bit, kind of. Well, let's get some celebrities in. Let's have a bit of fun with this. Yeah, yeah. But doing it in their way. They earned the right to do yeah. that. And to be fair, the the only kind of. It, from an outside perspective, it seems like the only kind of obvious um, rule that HBO laid down was Ben Stiller's got to be the yeah. first episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even though they had filmed it as not being the first episode, which you can tell. But, and I mean, to be honest, if that's considering that's the only kind of like, uh, what's the word? That's the only uh, um, thing they give up for for the American market. Sacrifice, yeah, yeah. I think that's kind of, that, that's all right, isn't it? I can, I can, and I, I can, can, I can live with that. Yeah, I, can, I, I quite can, like I can it. Live with Ben Stiller being the first episode. If it yeah, it's certainly a talking point, isn't it? Stiller. It gives you the opportunity to sort of um, have a little bit of a think about why they did it and all that kind of stuff. So it's you know, it's yeah. And I, I, I quite liked it from the fact that I was kind of proud of them. Like the Office was so good that the first episode of their new comedy they could get a huge star well, yeah. Ben Stiller. Yeah. And I look back, I quite, I, I quite like that. You know, it's a testament to how good the Office was, really. If anything, bloody Ross Kemp in every scene, he gets all the lines. Do you know what I mean? Why is he the star and not me? He's quite sort of entitled, I always think. Yeah. It's like, you know, he's like looking at like Ross Kemp and he's like, how dare Ross Kemp be more successful than him? And Maggie's, Maggie's <laughs> yeah. actually trying to say to him, it's <clears throat> not just luck, is it? Ross Kemp, you know, all right. I mean, you know, he's not the greatest actor in the world, but, you know, he's been in EastEnders and he's done this and that. Yeah. And Andy Millman just thinks that just because he's decided to become an actor, he should be one. And I think that comes across in his interactions with his Darren Lamb as well. Yeah, yeah, It's yeah. like it's somehow yeah, Darren Lamb's it. duty to just magically break it. Well, yeah, he's, 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 he's <laughs> undiscovered. It's like as soon as the, the as soon as yeah. he gets his first part, suddenly the world will wake up to, oh, where's this guy been hiding? Yeah, And exactly. he truly believes that. Kind but to be fair, that is what ends up happening. Yeah, no, that's true. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, but no, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah but it comes back to bite him, doesn't it? He's
got that thing about being credible, right? Yeah. And yeah. actually, he's a complete sellout at heart. And you know, that's the that's what's that's why what I was found quite pathetic about him more so than Brent. He's like he's like so desperate to be credible, yet to be to prove himself as credible, he's willing to sell out. See, so I he's not credible. Compare so, him, <laughs> I almost compare him to Tim taking the job in that sense, because obviously yeah. he's supposed to be every man, but actually he kind of sells out in the same way as yeah. Tim. Do you know what I mean? He does sort of uh, finally, even in the maybe not in the very very end end of the show, but in this show when he when he sort of bends over and you know decides to make the sitcom yeah oh, bend over and take out the arse <laughs> it's not, 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 uh, uh, no offence to, to you two as gay men I was putting money on it <laughs> but you know what he I mean do, he though? does kind of oscillate though I know he oscillates between Tim and Brent yeah no that's fair he oscillates between Tim and Brent he he, very, that's what was my observation he is very Timish, and I think that was a very deliberate yes he deliberately by, by I think Gervais obviously wanted to try something different well, what is he's a man inside, you know, like Tim. He's our man on the inside. Well, he does the facial expression. Yeah, yeah, exactly. When, when in that scene with Barry and the agent, like basically, if you keep looking yeah. at Gervais, he's basically looking at the camera, just not in the direction of the camera. Do you know, he's doing the Tim faces to camera, just off to, to, to something else. He, goes, he, goes, he, he, he does it. He does it with Ross Kemp as well. Oh, when Ross man. Kemp says about, imagine this face in prison, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. and you see his eyes go. Yeah, like do a proper tip kind of face. Yeah, yeah. Like there's not a camera there to catch it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that's what makes me feel like he's more of a loser than Brent in some ways. When he's being more kind of pathetic, I think. Well, he's more self-aware. It's almost like he should know better. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. because he is quite witty and he, you know, but he's desperate. Yeah, it's almost then because he is so self-aware and he is he has the ability to be charming and witty. It's almost his own fault then when he gets himself in these situations. Yeah. And the fact that he hasn't done anything, well, in inverted quotes, done anything with his life at 45 or however, however old he's supposed to be, it's then more of his own fault than Brent. Yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely 45. <laughs> is it 45? It's 43, no. I think. Oh, oh, is it 43? 43. Actually, question, he puts 45 on the CV, doesn't he? Some little... Don't you 43. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, get, we get quite a lot of insight into this in this episode about like Andy's background and situation, which we didn't really get in episode one. Well, that's... Uh, I mean, that so was, we learned... That's because there should like, be episode. Through, through his conversation with Greg. I mean, let's talk about Greg. Because oh, Greg, Greg. is oh. introduced this episode and he is such a good foil. Possibly my favourite character. In the he is brilliant, show. yeah. Like, yeah, because he's just, you know, we've seen him brag about his sex life in episode so one indeed I and am. now he's just basically showing off he's basically proud of the fact that he leeches off his parents <laughs> and andy is like really obviously really really bitter about that as it shows his interaction yeah. you know, it's amazing says, that introduction you know, is so good you got something a bit more that makes you a bit more substantial you got a speaking part or a no i just well, no. seriously how do you survive don't worry about it really digging into the savings not Still. really the pile diminishes <laughs> Gotta get some work soon. Gotta get some work soon. But I mean, he comes up with it's such a good line where he says about um, keeping the walls from the door, and he just becomes my hero instantly when he goes, "Oh yeah, how is the door the house your parents bought you?" <laughs> <laughs> that's, exactly the, that's exactly the sort of thing I'd like to say to someone like Greg. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know is, what I mean? He's a, <laughs> he's a he's a great smug antagonist because he actually has a very antagonising face. Yeah. I remember the first time I saw him, I was like, he's so unlikable. I didn't like the character at all. He's one of those characters who, when you first see him, you're like, no, no, I don't like this character I think oh yeah that's the point I'm not yeah, supposed yeah. to like it yeah. he's so good at playing someone unlikable mm. unlike in episode one in the Steeler episode where he just gives a bit of banter to um, Milman yeah it's not that bad is and, it and yeah. Andy actually laughs when he makes a joke about Maggie this episode straight away yeah. sets up we, we know exactly 
the kind of the kind of character Greg is and why Andy would yeah. hate him, which is his background. See, Andy's sort of witty enough and he's got enough wherewithal to sort of come back at Greg and say the things that are going to put him almost in his place with the stuff about the house of your, yeah. that your parents bought you. But ultimately, when it comes down to the facts of who's being more successful at any one time, he can't really say anything. And we see a kind of vulnerable side to him. Yeah. So like when he says, oh, you fourth semen from the left in yeah. this uh, in, in this uh, yeah. in this epic. Uh, and he has to sort of, he doesn't he can't even answer him when he says, oh, no, I haven't got a, a speaking part I, in this one. No. I always think Greg's a bit like uh, Millman's own inner critic, kind of yeah. following him around, yeah, the voice yeah. in his head. You but, know. but it's interesting, like because I mean, it could turn out that he wasn't even real, a bit like Sixth Sense. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he was like the Fight Club, like, and Greg wasn't yeah. actually real. Especially in the second oh, yeah. series when he, you know, goes around carrying little reviews of Andy's stuff, and it's like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's holy shit, that could yeah, actually yeah. be a thing. Yeah. Yeah. Just follows yeah, Andy. Yeah. Does anybody else actually talk? Is this to Greg a new the conspiracy theory developing? Yeah, does anybody actually talk to Greg? Yeah, well, yeah, because does. remember they. Oh they, yeah, they, they oh, cast, that's annoying. They're, they're casting together, aren't they? That would have been amazing. And he's in films. He's in a bit. Clive Owen speaks to Greg. Yeah, yeah. So we decided that Greg is a ghost, right? Yeah. So we're not going to do that. So that feature's dead. <laughs> Good thing we didn't bother making a jingle for that one. I know, but we um, we, we said in the last episode that extras isn't so kind of like interesting to explore and analyse in a kind of social way mm. as The mm. Office was. But it's interesting. This whole dynamic between Millman and Greg kind of touches on the kind of class disparity in English, kind of especially English, kind of entertainment and medium yeah, yeah. showbiz at the moment, especially at the moment with like well, always probably yeah always, but like you know people like Benedict Cumberbatch and Tom Hiddleston and people like that, who, these kind of upper middle class guys who are able to come to through exactly who can because they can like go Greg. to exactly because they can go to drama school because they've yeah. got a little you know they've got their parents to fall back on. Mm, Whereas yeah. the argument at the moment is that loads of working class actors aren't able to I don't have those um, but, yeah. chances well they've so, got the ticking clock haven't they whereas he's unburdened by any of this pressure because he could just do it and do it and do it until he until he lucks out Greg yeah yeah exactly yeah, yeah, yeah. same with Andy though because he's paid off his mortgage no but that's as, as Andy's Maggie. in a fortunate yeah, position it, because of that though exactly and he's kind of Maggie's like, not look at Maggie yeah exactly yeah Maggie she has to make a then, mess like a chimpanzee before she goes to sleep but he still doesn't like <laughs> it when when, when, when um when someone suggests that he's struggling, he really doesn't like that. Who? Andy, does he? No, of course, because it's goes, a reflection oh, no, of his I'm success. I'm time. Don't worry about me. You know. Yeah, yeah. He's. It's a reflection of his success because he worked. I think you get the backstory in this one, didn't you? That he worked in a bank for so many years. Yeah, yeah. thirteen years. Thirteen. Years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that will come up in the quiz. Later. Doesn't he have his? Doesn't he have his own house paid off though? Yeah, yeah, as well, yeah, yeah because, yeah. because yeah, he's been yeah. working for twenty years. Yeah, but that's that especially is a classic sitcom like like. In Friends, where you just find out, oh, Monica's living in a um, grandma's apartment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Never mention it. Yeah, yeah. That's how she's able to live there. So, like, they straight away, like, any any questions about how Andy's able to survive as a little 45 year old bloke doing extra work, we explain it now. He's paid off his mortgage. Don't mention it again, all right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That <laughs> but is he funny. paid off himself. Yeah. His parents didn't buy it for well, him. Well, exactly. So... Yeah. And I'm sure the whole, the whole Andy and Greg thing, I'm sure that's kind of, especially probably Gervais kind of working off some of his own frustrations with you know because he was a little 45 year old bloke as well who had only just got his break true three or four years earlier with the office before that he was probably struggling and seeing all these kind of upper middle class guys kind of passing him because yeah. they were able to have the connections and the uh yeah no, and that's the a really good point to, to struggle and uh, to not struggle sorry yeah and get to that position i mean greg is definitely a bit of commentary on that yeah, because both Merchant and Gervais, especially Gervais, are kind of from working class backgrounds in what Reading, Reading and Bristol. So mm. yeah, so I'm, I'm sure they're working out some of their frustrations with that. Yeah. And do, is it? Do we find out for the first time in this episode that Milman's a full time actor? 
I think we do. Yeah, 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 we we do. do. Yeah, yeah. So that's I mean, in. We find, yeah. out, we find out everything for the first time in this episode because the first episode. Because it is the first episode. The Stiller yeah. episode had no background whatsoever. And they drop that bit in perfectly because the, the, the when he admits that is when all the act, all the extras, or all rather supporting artists, are standing around, or rather sitting around backstage yeah. asking, "Oh, what do you do? Yeah. when you're not doing this. What do you do in real life?" Which leads us leads us very neatly into always knew you were Brent. <laughs> yeah, actually, it does. Yeah. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Because he literally becomes Brent in this scene. He literally he does, becomes yeah. David Brent. As soon as like Greg puts him on the spot, he turns into Brent. Like he makes up the story about the um that was being in my family. Or was he made up, or was he actually in it? But he he says a line, and then he can't remember what he's literally just said. And then Greg asks him to repeat it, and he can't do it. And he just does this face, <laughs> and it's just, it's pure brain. He blatantly was in my well, he, family. Yeah. He, was, he was in it, but he didn't say anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 He makes yeah. something like, yeah, sure, no problem. Then he can't remember what he's literally just said. Well, what is the line? The conductor wants the ticket, I'm showing him it. And what do you say? He asks for my ticket, yeah. and I go, I, didn't he- I can't hear what you're saying now. No, let's do it. Let's do it like oh, it is actually on the screen. Thanks. But the worst part is he goes. He says he's an actor, but obviously he hasn't really been in anything. So I don't know how he can sort of call himself an actor with a straight face. I mean, he's... he hasn't even been in the bill. Having been, having been, <laughs> been in casualty. Having, Everyone's been in the bill. <laughs> having been an extra on film sets, you get these people all. That, that whole dynamic is very familiar to me. Mm. Like, people sitting around, kind of comparing what they've done. And you, I mean, I'm, I, I've been an extra on films, but like. I just do it as like a really kind of part-time thing. I've got no intention of being an actor, but you sit around. You, you didn't do it for this podcast, like a method podcast. A method, <laughs> yeah. a method. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really suck myself what, into the, to the what, lifestyle. What do you do? What, what do you do? <laughs> what? what do you do? <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. I literally don't know what that's about. What do you do? What do you do? What's that? You know, that's what. In, that's the next episode. We'll, we'll get to that next episode. What do you do? You're gonna have to. You're gonna have to bring it. A level shallower for us. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, Jack. What were you saying? Uh, but but no, yeah. So I've kind of been on sets and kind of just just kind of watched and seen this dynamic of people kind of comparing, really? you know, their jobs and what they've done and you know how much stuff. And every almost every supporting artist or extra is someone who considers himself an actor. They've all kind of got their equity cards. They're all signed up to spotlight the casting agency, and you know, between extras work, they're trying to get proper things off the ground. So it's yeah, it's funny to. Uh, is it quite yeah. true to life then? These things, like asking people for lines and stuff, or would you get kicked off set for that? No, sort of no, no. Yeah, you can't do that. The freedom that they have to walk around the set and chat to people. If you were on a, if if this was real, Millman would never just sit down and have Kemp sitting next to him. Oh really? Everyone's yeah. Kept very very separate. The one time I was ever near anyone when it wasn't like with the cameras rolling and me as an extra having to stand behind them was I was on the set of uh, the Andrew Garfield film Breathe, which is kind of like a theory of everything rip-off about some guy with polio. But uh, Andrew Garfield had been on set. It was like a scene where we were playing cricket. And as we were all kind of shepherded off the uh, the, the, the cricket green to go and t- to go to the lunch truck, uh, some PA just walked past going, no, Andrew Garfield coming off set, everyone, and tried to push us all out of the way as they kind of shepherded Andrew Garfield towards the really? turnstile and off the field. Yeah. But Andrew Garfield's going, no, please, please, don't, don't, don't. I just want to be one of the guys. <laughs> and I was like, what? <laughs> Andrew Garfield, what could you possibly want? Yeah, what's Andrew Garfield doing <laughs> yeah. on a cricket pitch in, <laughs> in, in Hamill Hempstead? It's been mental. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Not you. When I was reading this review earlier, they were saying one of the um, criticisms they levelled at the first series of extras or the first few episodes was that Millman is a very inconsistent character. Yeah. He's, he's both he's both witty and clueless in different situations. But I thought 
Isn't that like all of us? Yeah. Are we all, he does you know, I, I, he does I think in different points of the day, I could come across witty and clueless in different situations. So I think in some ways that just shows he's a bit more of a Everyman. multifaceted character. Yeah. What he, I, does, he seems to flip though. He seems to flip from like really smooth and funny to suddenly just being David Brent. But we were saying it's like Larry David where, I mean, the whole joke of extra is very similar to Kirby Enthusiasm. Is it, it's, it's the jokes always come from a kind of, a blustering man kind of just digging themselves a hole. Like exactly. They kind of, they, yeah. they, they're, they're smooth and charming and people think they're funny until, until they hit this wall. Yes. And then once they do that, they just dig themselves down and down and down. And then their kind of insecurities are revealed. Yeah. But that's, well, that's, I've noticed... that's natural. I don't think that's unusual. That, that, that's not a reflection of him being like Brent, though. That's just humanity in itself. It's, yeah. it's people who are have... have um, they they want more from their life, but they can't quite get it. That's that's the main thing. We talked about this last week. Yeah. We're literally going over the screen. No, I ground. think I think you're right. Jim. And I think I've noticed yeah. it. Yeah, we're going to. A Sorry, we, podcast but that's about CBC. But I think that we we can't keep comparing it to the office because that it's or at least yeah, yeah no, but it's naturally yeah, going to have especially and, and and no, especially if we've got a feature for it. <laughs> and he does he does like he does really like that scene is pure Brent. I'm sorry, oh, but, right, but right. before we there's go one, next week, there's one that's even before we go off. Look forward to that, everybody. We'll have the same debate again. I think we all know which one it is, but yeah. But the thing is, though, you, you, were, you were saying that he's, you were saying that he's smug about having his own mortgage until you know suddenly he gets embarrassed yeah. about it. Right yeah. Now. But the thing is, he's very Brentish in that he kind of he should be smug about having his own mortgage. That's quite an accomplishment. Yeah, and by the age of pushes it. Yeah, yeah, I know. But I mean, you know, it's like we're no, no, he's not just, no, 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 not just the mortgage. Got his own no, 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 no. But he's paid off <laughs> his house. He hasn't paid off yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, yeah. So that is an accomplishment, right? But he's very Brentish in that if only he accepted his limitations oh yeah that's yeah. true and he was able to just go that's good enough that you know i've paid off my own mortgage and i'm only 43 you know n- now what's can't. the next step mark but he's always got the weight of the things that he, his ambition exactly weighing to him down when that's very brentish i think yeah and it's the way i've noticed it. he's a bit more uh, witty around maggie normally i think he's a bit more comfortable around yes. her yeah there's quite a nice there's, maggie brings out a nice side in in milman where he's a bit calmer and you see the real guy come through a bit more because he's not trying so hard around maggie you know, the, he's allowed to be himself a little bit more around her. And that kind of brings me on to the point about Maggie and Andy. I noticed their relationship a bit more in this episode. And I'm, I don't know if you guys explored it before, but it is quite it's, it's quite nice and quite sweet, really, to see a purely platonic relationship between yeah. a male and a female character in a sitcom. It's something that you don't see very often. And there's not even a little, a tiny little bit of sexual frisson or anything. It's just completely platonic. And, you know, through that, Millman's able to encourage Maggie to go on dates and stuff. And it's not a dynamic you see very often between a male and female character. I don't know if you flogged that to death last time. No, no, it's a really good point. And it's set up, as you say, perfectly in this one. Because I think, again, in that that same bus scene, we've got so much exposition in that scene. But it sets up the idea that actually there's no romantic interest there at all. Because he tries to set her up. And then every episode, he's sort of trying to help her get through this and find another guy or whatever. So... Yeah. yeah, I agree. Yeah, it's funny how, yeah, I mean, we, we talked about how great Maggie Jensen is last... Maggie Ashley Jensen. Ashley Jensen. Ashley Jensen, yeah. We talked about how great Ashley... Phil Mitchell. We can't remember her name, can We talked about how great Ashley Jensen is last episode, but yeah, what we kind of didn't really talk about, the platonic side of the relationship, and how yeah. just kind of, how well that Gervais and Merchant and Jensen were able to kind of... Because straight away, there was never any question 
from it. I don't yeah. know anything from any of the audience, but straight away, as soon as I saw them, they weren't like, oh, is this a will they, won't they? Yeah, it no, just, no, no. It just isn't. Through. They it, don't it just, go there for one second. straight away from seeing, from seeing the two of them standing together, from seeing their chemistry together, from just, the, I guess, the writing as well. Like, it just seems so obvious that this isn't one of those. This is just going to be platonic. And, and, now and got, Brent's and, quite... And they didn't have to, Sorry, do, a, they didn't have to ha- <laughs> do a storyline or have any dialogue to explain the fact that it was purely platonic. Yeah. It just, it just was, and no one questioned it. I mean, and Ricky Gervais is quite good at playing a, a, a sort of sexless character. No yeah. offence to Ricky Gervais. No, it's, true, it's, true. <laughs> it's true, actually. I've tried, whenever I've seen him in something that's supposed to have like a romantic element to it, like have you seen, I mean, besides some of the other issues with when these he, films. When he was, you mean when he had his uh, romantic interest with Jennifer fucking Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 that was... What was that, that in The Adventure of Light? Yeah, that, that film, I must say, I mean, it, you know, it was a good idea concept and stuff, but man, I can't take him as a romantic lead. No. It's so <laughs> fucking weird. you don't weird. want to see it. I mean, he's, it's just, so little, weird. he's just a little Imagine him having. Could you imagine him having sex? Yeah, you don't. Really just, oh. Well, he hasn't got children, so maybe never has. <laughs> you know, I know it's 2019, but apparently ugly men do still sometimes have sex. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm holding out. I'm do, holding out. Yeah, do they? I'm, hold, yeah. I'm holding out. I'm holding out for it. You know, I could show you uh, magazines. Uh, literally, <laughs> no, he's, he's bloody mad. He's not know what he's talking about. Oh, oh here he comes. Right. <laughs> Watch him. <laughs> Are you hard? <laughs> Oh, you are. <laughs> <laughs> well, like you talking about my wife. Yeah. 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 I know, I know this is completely off topic. This oh, is completely please. off topic. But something I wanted to ask you guys. You know the guy in the food van yeah. uh, who, who, who gets the pube out of the, the which is the dog hair? Yeah. I've seen him loads of times before. What have I seen him in? He's Was in he in space? He's in Afterlife. He's the new. He's in. He's no, not Ricky Gervais comedy. So it's not. I haven't is seen he, Afterlife. Is he? In, is, he the guy, is he the guy that um, gives her the polo mini? Yeah, it's, yeah. I think that's it is, him. Isn't it? He's in a lot of. Um, oh, what's his face? Ben Wheatley films. Like uh, I don't know if you've ever seen those. He's Ben Wheatley is like a kind of. Uh, an indie British director who does a lot of kind of like dark comedies kind of thing, but yeah, he's in a lot, he's in a lot of those kinds of films. And he was it wasn't he in uh, Little Britain perhaps? Possibly, oh, probably. Yeah, no, he probably was. <laughs> he's, no, he's got a face let's not go there. Go, go there. I, we haven't talked about. Then oh. also that woman from um, IT crowd. Yeah, the IT crowd makes a fleeting appearance. She's virtually an extra in it. Well, we were trying to fit Danny. You might know this. When did the IT crowd start? Back to about the same time as this, about two thousand five, six. So was she already? Yeah. So she would have been the woman from the IT crowd, and yet in this, she's just like, well, maybe she's she supposed to lines. be the woman from the she's IT an, crowd. She's always, she's, I was wondering. That, do you know what I mean? Maybe I she's like a so. secondary side character. No, I think the IT crowd was after extras. I think. Okay, so yeah. she is literally just probably. Oh, yeah, of course. Obviously, yeah. just, I wonder if she's the because usually what happens with those kinds of roles is like it'll be people that auditioned for Maggie, mm. yeah. and then they're like, oh, but we yeah. still, still think you're funny. Let's put you in. Like probably the woman who was sitting around when they were talking about. Andy's bank job as well. I bet she was. Oh, she's been yeah. in a lot of stuff as well. She played Alec Merrion's wife in the, like, the third series of Bo Selector. God, how do you know all this stuff? <laughs> it's ludicrous. But she's been. Really she was in something else. She was in something really good as well, wasn't she? She looks quite what, familiar. Better than she... the third series of Bo Selector. <laughs> 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 Wait for our Bo Selector that podcast coming up soon. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, one of the the scene I wanted to talk about was the very, very first one actually, because obviously you've got that opening scene where it's a period drama, and this was. Um, sorry, and then we've got what's his name? Uh, Andy creeps into the shot, and yeah. it just goes straight away. 
you know, a couple before that little fat little extra gets his face in, and it suddenly <laughs> drops to black, and then it comes mm. up with extras. And then you kind of, bearing in mind that was supposed to be the first scene that we ever see about this show. Yeah, yeah it's a good point, yeah. You know what I mean? It's kind of, it, it hits straight away on the fact that it's a demeaning business, yeah. really shit, no respect, and then straight away jumps to Ashley Jensen getting her tits slagged off yeah, by the yeah. director. Yeah. I wanted some great tits, and oh, they're disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was interesting, actually, but... But before Andy, if this was the first episode, which it was supposed yeah, to be, exactly. before Andy got his own proper scene, Maggie gets her. Yeah, Maggie no, really true. gets the first proper scene where we find out about her and dialogue and we find out about her character. Yeah. So they kind of almost do set it up as a two-hander. Like, yeah, no, that's true. She's definitely not a side character if, from the office. Yeah, exactly. I wonder if going forward it will be, I'll start to think about it as like, oh, actually, maybe Millman isn't so definitively the main character in the first series. Because she does lead every B plot, doesn't she? Yeah. Well, exactly, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, to be honest though, that'd be my one criticism of this episode would be uh, her little subplot. It's not the greatest. Oh, it's... Yeah, it doesn't exactly fizzle, does it? But it's yeah. only to it's set like up. the classic Maggie romantic. But it's subplot. only really to set up that she's a bit of a hapless romantic. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, yeah. You know, she sits there doing Nasdaq, you twat. And then, <laughs> yeah. then she goes to the date and it's all a bit wooden and then just them, you know. I think I appreciate it if only for that line. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. But the thing is, it's not just out of nowhere, though, because you've got that romantic music playing, and it's sort of yeah. showing a really sweet day where they're laughing, they're joking, they're dancing in the house, yeah. and then they take undressing each other, having a shag, and then suddenly... Come on, love, you're like a dead horse. Put a bit of minge around it. <laughs> yeah. And he still says it in his really posh voice. Like, yeah. Put a midge around and it. And she's just like, oh, okay. Put a bit of midge okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like a dead horse. Yeah. 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 It's obviously, yeah, neither of them's really enjoying it. Imagine saying that like to somebody. <laughs> 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 like yeah, what's, your, what's her response supposed to be? Yeah, oh, exactly. what's, it even, what's it even really mean? What put a bit of ninja around it? What's she supposed to do? She's supposed like, to like, I guess he was saying which he, was doing, he, he was doing all the work. He was doing all the work, maybe, yeah. And she needs to sort of. I don't know. Yeah, no, yeah, kind of. Well, I mean, we don't need to go into the Any thoughts? Well, <laughs> you know, I guess it's like. It's, it's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's unusual to see it this way around with the man and the woman, that's what I'll say. Uh, you what, know, what the, woman, the woman being the desperate, needy one that's being slagged off for not doing well enough. Usually it's the man, so. What, put, I, I don't think that's, that's true. I guess that's an, interest, that's an interesting clip. We're talking about the practicalities of what he's saying. Yeah. Literally, what does he mean? <laughs> I don't really, no. I don't really know what he means about putting some minge around it. I you know, well, she's I like a dead horse, so she's, as, so she's as, just as laying I, As I don't have a minge myself, <laughs> it's a bit difficult. I mean, maybe some of our female listeners would like to elaborate. Oh, yeah, here we go. That'll be a great phone in, won't it? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. yeah. Girls, has anyone ever this. asked you to put a bit of minge around it? No, cut this out. Yeah, we'll have a look. Cut that out. Yeah. Oh, guys. Yeah. Yeah. You'd hope what? Leave that bit around. in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We get a lot of introductions in this episode, right? But hats off for me. The best one's got to be hats off, Darren. Literally. Darren Lamb Darren taking Lamb. a deep swig on that on that uh, oh, mug yeah. of tea. I, His eyes just sort of beaming over the top like two golf balls. Of magic yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, and then Barry, <laughs> of course, as well. Oh, Barry doesn't even come in straight away at the beginning, though. This is just those two, isn't it? At the beginning. Yeah. He really looks like he really looks like one of the Muppets. I yeah, yeah, Beaker. Beaker. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, he's like a cross between Beaker and Bunsen, isn't he? <laughs> but yeah, for, for me, the, the the introduction of the agent just for one scene is the thing that kind of really kind of let me kind of understand what kind of show yeah, this was going to be. absolutely. And I just can't believe, even if the Ben, uh, we got, uh, going back to the Ben Stiller thing, yeah. even if the Ben Stiller episode was the second episode, you would have watched it and gone, where's the agent? 
Like, why Why is he not in this? No, why no, didn't no. they throw him yeah. in? Because don't forget, the whole structure of the show is built around the fact that Andy has to go and find his own work because his agent is useless. Yeah, but he's so in every other episode. He is, but no, well, not in every, I don't think he's in every episode. I think he is. But, but, but again, the context, Pretty of him, much, yeah. the context of him going around asking uh, Goron, if it is, for, his, for a line is only because he obviously realises that his agent's shit. For the first episode, to so go and ask for lines, it's kind of incongruous and, and, and a bit odd. Yeah, but... I think he's in the Kate Wins. I think he's in every other episode of The Agent, so it's a little bit strange that he's yeah. not in the Maybe, yeah. Anyway, great scene, and obviously you get a, Fantastic a lovely scene. little surprise, and again, <laughs> first, a one, yeah. one that the Americans wouldn't have a clue what was, Barry. what was all about when Barry walks in. But yeah. the first thing that Darren Lamb says to him is, you know, you've been doing it for, you know, I'm not sure there's a demand for a 45 year old. Little fat, yeah. Maybe you should just give it. Call it yeah, maybe you should just call it a day. Five years, maybe you should give it for a day. <laughs> <laughs> My agent, loses <laughs> but I mean, yeah. I mean, does Darren Lamb not have a point? Yeah, of course he does. Definitely. I mean, he's probably. It's hard to say how successful Andrew and Andrew Andy would have been. <laughs> Finally, a little bit of respect. It's hard to say how successful Andy would have been without him, though. Do you but know I what I mean? This is the thing about actors, though. Like in real life, there are fat, ugly. 45-year-old, pug-nosed, whatever, yes. people. So they need to be portrayed in things, don't they? Yeah, so... but, but obviously Darren Lamb, I mean, that, that says it all, doesn't it? The fact that Darren Lamb isn't the kind of actor that can break Ricky, Andy Millman as a character actor, because there's loads of little fat 40-year-old, five-year-old character actors in England. But also, we're famous for them. If you Timothy were... Spall, you know. Yeah, you know but I mean... if you were looking for a little fat actor, you might as well have Barry. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Which is what Andy, that's, that's kind of the problem. Which is what Andy... He maybe tries to get Barry to be Mr. Stokes. <laughs> that's hilarious. I love all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's brilliant. He's actually, he's, he's actually stood there with the wig on ready to do it, isn't he? But, but I mean, just hats off to Merchant, who just... Is, oh, he's seriously. He's not even an actor. He's not a trained actor. He no. wanted to be a... Um, he, he's Obviously, he's a behind-the-scenes guy, but his his main uh, mode of being kind of like a um, any kind of... In front of an audience was yeah, yeah, yeah. was so as a, was as a radio host, wasn't so it? So true. So he's he's straight. Yeah. He's, he's sh he proves himself for such a yeah. natural on camera absolutely talent. In he, terms of sort of breakthrough performances, he is to extras what uh, Ricky Gervais was to Office. Yeah, I, of course, hundred yeah, 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 percent. The yeah, comic relief for the whole show. And, 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 and didn't he win a comedy? Finally, win a comedy award for it. He did. For I think for series yeah, two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's so true, I mean, and he deserved it as well because obviously he's behind the scenes in the in the office. Didn't get as centre stage as much as he perhaps deserved. I think in the yeah. office. Whereas in this, he is yeah. the, unequivocally the star of the show for me. I, I absolutely love Darren Lamb as a character. But it goes. Well, just... him, him and Barry are the funniest thing about the show, without a doubt. Well, there's just like, those double acts. Most isn't laughs it? come from there. They're just yeah. a brilliant, brilliant double act. Yeah, they, they, but I think they. I, I think it's fair to say they probably are one of the classic double acts of like English. A, a British comedy and also he had to be th this kind of character because otherwise you'd just say well Andy you might as well just fire him if you care so much about your career you have such ambition you really want to make it you're never going to make it with him so you know you would have to just say to Andy get rid of him otherwise we don't have any sympathy for you but the fact that Darren is so sweet albeit useless yeah. kind of unlocks the comedy potential that we get for the rest of the show because oh, otherwise yeah. you'd just be sick of Andy already yeah and it's and it's it, it, again it's hilarious but the way that I mean he, he he stays kind of sympathetic and sweet and because it's merchant and he's so kind of like um kind of likable on screen mm. the way he treats Barry oh Barry is so <laughs> yeah. funny is then kind of, you can still like him despite the fact that you see what an arsehole he is to Barry that story about ITV and how he went <laughs> when he went to the BBC he said I want a million pounds and they went nothing. with nothing yeah. they went for the nothing they that time that one, yeah. still live and you learn <laughs> but this isn't living is it Alright, <laughs> I got loads of stuff for you here. Yeah, yeah. He says, uh, "Don't start all that again." You know, implying he's been talking about, you know, being depressed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that, that but Barry's pathos, his face is just oh, look of tragedy. Is, 
Yeah. Literally, Hang what dog. had he done since he left East End? I don't know, actually. This. Well, yeah, exactly, yeah. But it just seems <laughs> such a kind of like funny surprise when he walks in through a door. And, and, he, uh, and then to see what they, how they were going to use him in the show. And of course, you've got Ross Kemp as well, so you've got the East End connection there. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, and there is this weird meta thing going on because... They're making fun of the fact that he left EastEnders and didn't get didn't get any other work. That is literally what happened. <laughs> well, yeah, and what you're what you're watching him do there is the only bit of work he actually did get. So there's this weird kind of breaking of the fourth wall, almost. <laughs> you know, yeah. but very strange. Extra, Jesus Christ, I hate to think what he would have done if the extras hadn't come around. Because since extras, that's kind of what he's dined out on, isn't it? Well, and fair play to him because he's yeah. great extras. But he's kind of revived his career in a way. He's done loads. I mean, of he's done. Uh, did you, did you do your mum's gathering last week? <laughs> <laughs> uh, our texting, rumbles. Our texting. He's turning down work now. Is he? He's such a betrayal. <laughs> but was he on Strictly? Yeah, he was on Strictly, right? Yeah. Or, was he? Or, or, or Dancing on Ice. Probably, probably off the back of extras. Well, yeah, of course it was, yeah. And then, uh, I don't know, he's just kind I of... I think he's, he's doing Panto at the moment, Yeah, actually. he's just one of those kinds yeah, of... But, yeah, but he should get more work. I think Ricky Gervais he's a very funny comic actor I think Ricky Gervais said in an interview actually that he said you know that if anyone's looking for a a comic lead for a show that they're writing he can't go far wrong with with, uh, Sean Sean Williamson he's really good (laughs) to be fair if if he can't break bloody Sean Williamson why has he got with Andy Millman he's a complete nobody (laughs) well I mean that's the thing oh man if anybody knows Sean Williamson by the way we need to get him on the podcast yeah Yeah, he's following us on Twitter we can't can't get a chat with him for love and money Sean if you're listening Sean drop us an email (laughs) yeah The thing that was funny about Sean Williamson was I saw it, they were exploring how people did call him Barry in real life. I'd saw Gervais talking about it. But how he'd sat down at a a, a meeting for, you know, a new TV show or something, and they said, said, all right, Barry, when he (laughs) (laughs) walked. Did you guys ever watch EastEnders? Since this is a very EastEnders. Yeah, I did. I did. I used to watch it when he was on it, but not for about literally 20 years. He watched oh, it for Barry. Yeah, yeah, Barry and yeah, I watched it when the Mitchell brothers were when they were both. Well, it, but not yeah, really, I know. Not I, recently, I never watched these deaders, but I mean, Barry obviously Barry and the Mitchell brothers were two of the and Peggy were probably the 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 three breakout the four breakout characters weren't they like even someone who oh, literally never watched a minute of EastEnders I knew the storylines of them I knew and um, they Dean just... Gaffney as well what was his name I think... Bianca Bianca there's loads there's loads but yeah I mean I think it's hard for like I mean if we've got any American listeners it's probably hard for an American listener to kind of understand the place that EastEnders mm. has in, yeah. in British culture like even people who, who just, just don't watch it just know it's not like because the American the equivalent but these shows America, are big in America like, they do go to America I remember reading something that Snoop Dogg loves Coronation Street oh really yeah yeah that's true like, he watches it the American soaps like Days of Our Lives and stuff aren't they which kind of like I don't think the characters in Days of Our Lives for example like break out into just being some of the most famous yeah. American characters, but like in England. What about um, Joey Tribbiani? He did. Yeah, fam- <laughs> family <laughs> affairs. <laughs> How you doing? I guess they're in like Dynasty and like Dallas. Dallas, and stuff. Yeah. But like the kind of the modern day soaps don't break. Yeah, like, they're, home seen and as, away. they're seen as kind of trash, aren't they? But in, in England, I mean, they're seen as trash, but they are kind of huge, like cultural. They're the bigger uh, shows in England. Uh, uh, and also, that, I think that that was a particular time, like uh, Barry from EastEnders, TGI, TFI Friday, Oasis, Lad Culture. There was this... You know, Barry fits into Lad Culture. Barry fits into Lad Culture. <laughs> Not really. I, I guess... Think, well, no, the Mitchell brothers do. The yeah, Mitchell brothers I mean, do. it certainly reminds me of, like, yeah, late 90s, loaded FHM. Yeah. Yeah, a little, a little heady bubble. Barry doesn't remind me of any of that. The Mitchells, yeah. Does, yeah, yeah. What, what bit's confusing you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the brothers. Yeah, Spandau, Spandau, Bay. That's from the 80s. <laughs> 
Well, no, but... So we got the bit when um, Ross Kemp is sitting outside and uh, Andy goes and sits out with him and you can see that Ross Kemp is kind of just, just sitting there looking across the way at the other studio, just <laughs> stewing. Yeah. Just got this sort of, no matter how successful these people are, they've always got this sort of thread of bitterness through them, yeah. just like Andy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and this is obviously where we introduce kind of like the uh, the plot line for the episode, which is his kind of like his rivalry with Vinnie Jones. Yes, isn't it? and it's the I, thing is that he's he's clearly successful. He's clearly got. He's you know. It's, it's the worst part is, and it goes back to show you, Andy will never be famous enough, and none of them will be really, because no matter how successful they get, they've always got that same streak to them. You know what I mean? Yeah. And with Ross Kemp, like, isn't it like because he has been a soap actor on the BBC, which is probably like one of the like you know hardest the worst jobs in acting away because you're work basically doing a full time well, acting job and you're probably not really getting paid that much and he's a bit bitter that Vinny million know, pounds to go he, to he's ITV. Probably, yeah exactly he's probably done like is he like you know a proper trained actor and whatever Jones no it's no, no Ross Ross oh, Kemp probably yeah yeah exactly and, and like you see yeah Vinnie no Jones, he is an actor you see yeah. Vinny Jones wandering off the football pitch and just like big, make loads of money doing but, lots but why does he and care, he's probably though? a bit that's he's a thing. bit bitter about it but it's the and, that's, and that's, what actually, I mean. that's actually a thing with um, Ross Kemp as well because I remember he did interviews where he said oh compared to other actors I don't really get paid that much and he got quite pilly really for see it. I love this though so because he's got such now, a good sense of humour so though. he's looking at Vinny Jones and thinking right well he's getting all this money and he's he's just a footballer what's he doing so that I think that's actually possibly a real thing it's tapping into. That's amazing. If that's genuinely drawing from something that's yeah. a sort of I, I, I've never seen that. I've, yeah. I've never heard of that. But but the whole point as well is that he's, as is revealed at the end, I guess, he's also been kind of bullied by the sounds of things and he's <laughs> painfully yeah. insecure. Well, I don't know if that's real or that's just made up for the sake of the episode, but it's funny otherwise. Can you hold his breath there? But well, got, no, obviously he's not really been bullied. But <laughs> It goes to what James just kind of slightly brung up about the idea that if it's not enough for Kemp, and it's never going to be enough for, for um, Andy Millman, is it? And it's kind of all quite interesting thinking about it now. That's what most of the uh, special guest stars and extras kind of, they've all got this obsession of kind of doing something else, being better yeah, than they exactly. are, and being considered better than they are. Even Stiller, like, yeah. he kind of, he's obsessed with this idea that everyone thinks, everyone only thinks of him as the comedy star, and he wants to direct this hard-hitting war drama. Mm. Ross Kemp, yeah, yeah. you know, he, 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 it's not enough for him that, that he's kind of like seen as a slight tough guy mm. actor. He, yeah, he, he's still exactly. jealous that Vinnie Jones is considered tougher than him. Kate Winslet is obsessed with winning her Oscar, do you know what I mean? She keeps on bringing up her Oscar. They've all got exactly the same insecurities as Andy has. It's like if you, if you go to the... Even Patrick Stewart wants to write a script like it's not if good you, enough if you, like were a, yeah. if you were a millionaire if you were a millionaire and you went to a casino you'd have to bet thousands and thousands of pounds to get the same mm. rush that you or I would get from betting a tenner yeah. do you know what I mean yeah. it escalates in uh, relatively speaking yeah but it's funny like because you know like Andy on the on the lunch bus was saying like oh you know wh wh why him and not me like they're there for the grace of God go for I, the grace yeah. of God go I kind of thing right, like, Maggie's like really Maggie kind of brought him back to earth on that yeah but imagine being Ross Kemp thinking if only I had been cast in Lock, Stock and Two Smoking Barrels yeah yeah yeah, yeah you know. I would be in yeah. you know uh, gone in 60 seconds I would be in yeah yeah you know if instead of you know doing all these years hard graph on Emmerdale I'd been you know a famous footballer who did a video about grabbing people's balls <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah that, that would have been a better route to acting success wouldn't it but is it let's have, let's have a look at Ross Kemp's career before he did this because he hadn't really I don't think he'd done anything before he joined EastEnders right I don't know anything about him. Nothing, no. nothing that I know nothing of. No. Yeah, yeah. So he joins EastEnders in 1990, apparently in an attempt to make the show a bit more kind of realistic because it was set in the East End, yeah. like which is you know, notorious for tough guys, you know, the craze and stuff. 
and it's a bit of like, so they're bringing in a hard man basically yeah they're bringing in a hard man because well, I mean that's not hard because <laughs> <laughs> apparently apparently in the 80s EastEnders got after Dirty Den and stuff it went a bit more kind of like comedic and they were kind of making it a bit more kind of family yeah. right okay so they decided to give it a bit of a revamp brought in the Mitchells hard oh, man uh, and then so and then they became like like we said household like the Mitchell yeah, brothers yeah, the household Mitchell brothers, name yeah, yeah. in England right the Mitchell brothers uh, even I mean even I didn't watch EastEnders I knew about Grant's relationship with Martin McCutcheon and stuff he became, yeah I mean, he, despite the fact that he's a, a perfect, got a perfectly round head and looks like Zippy, he became like a bit of a heartthrob, didn't he? Did he? Yeah, he did. Yeah, no, he did. Grant, Grant Mitchell. The Mitchell. People, people fancy Grant. Maybe not Phil Mitchell. <laughs> no, no. Grant, Grant yeah. was Grant was the one that people fancied. And yeah, yeah. Like Phil a bit was of, the, more the yeah, wild card. Yeah, like uh, a bit yeah. of a rough kind of thing. Pretty and, then, and let's not forget, of course, <laughs> pass. Phil Mitchell actually had a, a bit of a comedy double act going on with with Barry, actually, if did you he? remember. There did was. He? A, yeah, there was a bit of a. Yeah, yeah get off me, yeah. Phil. <laughs> no, there was. There was a thing. Phil Mitchell and Barry. Phil was like the tough guy, and oh no, it wasn't Barry. Sorry, it was. It was another character called Nigel. Yeah, Nigel. Nigel. Yeah, Nigel know. Slater. Yeah, I know. he looked a bit like he looked, and he looked a little Slater? bit like um, Mr. Stokes. He had the curly hair. And... <laughs> no, I know who you mean. Yeah. I know. See, who the you only mean. thing I know about EastEnders is what I read off uh, Ross Kemp's uh, Wikipedia page. Oh, are, you re- are you reading <laughs> this? Am I reading these? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but. So the, what I know about Ross Kemp is obviously he did the EastEnders stuff, but then I can't tell if he. I mean, the thing is, the problem is my my judgment's kind of clouded by these by this episode. That's the problem with all these extras cameos. I don't know a great deal about all of these these guest stars, and as a result, whenever I think of these people, this is a big part of it. Yeah, I do remember seeing a, a video clip of, of Ross Kemp. In fact, I sent it to you guys on the group the other day of him when he was in the jungle. Did you see that? And yeah, he got held at gunpoint. I've seen that. Yeah, and, uh, and he was got. No, I've, 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 go on. I've watched these Ross Kemp on gang sigs a lot, and they are actually quite good, and yeah. he remains pretty calm under pressure. So actually, in real life, I think that's the funny thing about it. I think in, in real life, Ross Kemp is, you know, a tough guy. He's calm but under pressure. And he yeah, is, but was he, was he a know. tough guy before he joined his... I mean, he was bald, and he looks tough. Like, he looks like he'd be handy in a fight. But is well, it because he played Phil Grant Mitchell on EastEnders for 10 years that he leaves that, to be honest, and then goes, oh, God, put me in some gangs. Send, I don't me, wanna, send me to the Bolivian jungle. I, I can handle myself. I don't yeah, wanna, no, and I think that is. I think... That must be a joke, isn't it? Because all he, he's just an actor. To be he's fair, just no, 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 no. And they no, no, put no. him in the jungle and he's got a guns gate. Aim, the problem aim with the, all of these soaps, I think, is that a lot of these people that come in to do these roles are very much like those characters in real life. Yeah, I, I dare say there's not a great deal of acting. No, 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 guys. No, no, no. He is actually in the SAA. But do you know what I mean? I remember like reading something about Cat Slater, and uh, the, you know she just literally was. <laughs> I think she, yeah, basically she just was some <laughs> random woman who just came in off the street. <laughs> Not like that, but do you know what I mean? She was just a, she wasn't really an actress. I don't think. I think she just came into lucked into it because she was a gobby. Uh, you know, London girl, like exactly like the character, which is why no one ever does anything after he's dead. Potentially, yeah, like Barry. Yeah. But funnily enough, Ross Kemp was able. That's why he's an extra, because he was able to kind of. He's probably one of yeah, the, yeah. one of the only people in all of his soaps in all of England that was able to kind of. I mean, he he was still everyone considered him Grant Mitchell. That's why he did hard man roles, but he was able to kind of leave EastEnders and kind of forge his own path because he did Ultimate Force, which yes. is some kind of. Super Army soldier. Yeah, it was literally. He went to Afghanistan. And then he did his Ross Kemp on uh, 
documentaries which are kind of kind of bare grills donald mcintyre kind but of but i think i think if you watch them hard hitting exposes of like what did the ross kemp on gangs yeah ross kemp in you know the believing drug Jungle wars and, and all that shit. Wars, yeah, yeah yeah and he kind of he was just dining out on being hard man grant mitchell do you know what i mean however, like, however i i agree with you he was dining out on being hard man grant mitchell and he was typecast as a hard man but i think part of his enduring success just to defend his case when you watch when you when you watch those ross kemp on gangs He's, he's very good at it. He's very good at it. He stays very calm. He's quite good at presenting them. No, 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 no. He um, is. And you, I mean, I think one of them won a BAFTA. Like you don't win a BAFTA and kind of yeah. and get and keep on making these documentaries and have such a kind of long career. Yeah. And you know, you know, a one point two million golden. He has got a very ITV. good presence. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's kind of he. I, I don't want to say he's a national treasure, but he's kind of one of those people that. He's kind of synonymous in England. With just I think that's the ingredients that you need to be a good extras uh, guest star. By the way, it's kind of somebody for be- for better or worse has a very strong public image within yeah, 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 Britain definitely. at the very least. And another ingredient is that someone who's willing to make fun of themselves a little bit, have a bit of a laugh with it. Because what you said earlier, Danny, about him yeah. maybe having some insecurities around other people's success. If yeah. that was part of it, no wonder they picked him. You know, if yeah. he was willing to kind of draw on that a little bit and that tie that into the hard man stuff, and they could get Vinnie Jones in, it's kind of the perfect yeah. storm, isn't it? Yeah, he was sending himself. Up. It's funny how Vinnie Jones turns up and he doesn't actually, you know, he doesn't ape himself. He doesn't play an exaggerated version even. He just turns up as Vinnie Jones. Yeah, he's yeah. one of the only he characters who's... One, but I mean, there's a, there's a photograph in this, this script book that, uh, that James <laughs> yeah. bought, which is a completely candid behind the scenes shot and it's a Roth Kemp and Vinnie Jones listening to some direction from uh, from Stephen Merchant and Gervais and Vinnie Jones has just got the same face on as he always does the same yeah. tough, tough guy face it's like you're literally just yourself aren't you but that's good that's good enough man that's all we no, need no, to remember no, he's only in it because oh. he's not even the star is it like Vinnie Jones is like, it's the Roth Kemp episode oh, man. Vinnie Jones is like it's a little it. bonus this might be a good little time to uh, stop and play the uh, oh, yeah. guest star IMDb game <laughs> 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 we need to get a little jingle for that man <laughs> what was the jingle I did last time? <laughs> oh, I'm DB Gang. Right, so Seth, you weren't uh, you weren't on the last episode, so I've got a new segment called the Guest Star IMDb Game, which is do you know what IMDb right. is? The Internet Movie Database, which is just a collection of for anyone who doesn't know, a collection of just a database of everything, all, everything to do with movies, all films, all actors who've been in them. Um, Every actor's profile has the has the films that they're the four films in them according to IMDb most known for. Okay, and some of them just right. complete wild cards, right? So what I'm going to get you guys to do is guess what are Vinnie Jones's top four most known for films. Okay. Okay. So I'm not going to do Ross Kemp and this time because I looked up Ross Kemp and he's just no one's ever going to be able to guess Ross Kemp. Vinnie Jones's top four most. Most known, known films. According to IMDb, these are the films that Vinnie Jones is most known for, in inverted quotes. Vinnie Jones' <laughs> top four most known films. What, 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 we, what, we found, what we found out last week, that this isn't really a game that anyone can win, is it? It's just... Yeah, <laughs> there are no winners in this game. <laughs> Although I think I've got a good idea for this one. But you're going to go one by one, and we're going to try, between the three of you, try, okay. and, try and get Vinnie Jones' top four. Jo- okay. join, in, join in at home, and then let us know if you found it yeah. en- enjoyable or not. <laughs> Yeah. And, and we'll, and we'll cut, cut it, it. yeah. yeah. <laughs> As we go on. Right, so Seth, you can go first. What do you, Take a guess at one of Vinnie Jones's Four most known four films. Well, it's got to be Lockstock and Two Smoking Barrels, isn't it? Yeah, Lockstock, of course, Lockstock, the film that made his career. Okay. Right? Next. Yeah. So before that, he was just a footballer. He, he played. For I don't know the timeline of it, but yeah, he played for again. Okay. Yeah. He was he was a hard man footballer, and yeah, he got, played... I remember seeing him get. He, he again, he he had the hard man thing, like he was a nation's hard he was man. A I remember seeing him. I, remember that. That's I watched it in 1999. I remember watching a live pay per view WWF event, <laughs> yeah. and they brought in Vinnie Jones as like, and it was it was WWF in in London. Of course, and yeah. um, 
And they brought in, if you remember the wrestler called the Big Boss Man, they yeah, brought yeah. in Vinnie Jones to punch, to pretend to punch the Big Boss Man. <laughs> and it was ridiculous. And, and then I remember the commentator going, he is a hard, hard man. <laughs> the, the reading from a piece English of paper. Audience. <laughs> he was, yeah, he was, he was like a hard, hard man footballer, wasn't he? He played for, yeah. played for the... Uh, I don't know who else. No, I don't know. The crazy guy. You don't know anything. Wimbledon. I don't know. Was it Wimbledon? You don't know anything about... You don't know anything about football. And he was pictured grabbing Gaz's ball. Yeah, Paul Gascoigne by the way. Yeah, 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 yeah. And didn't he headbutt someone once as well? Headbutt a right. horse. <laughs> <laughs> I knew that was coming. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then obviously Guy Ritchie cast him in uh, Lock, Stock and Two Smoking Barrels to just basically be a hard man. And okay. yeah, it won't be there. He also st- starred in Snatch. Yeah, and he was also cast in Snatch oh, again. So we nah. got we got Snatch, we got Lock, Stock, yeah. I mean, if you're going to say Vinnie um, Jones is most known for film. Put a bit of Snatch around it. Like. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, right, I don't, know, I, I don't know bloody subtitles for these bloody X-Men films. All go on, mate. Super Army X Men. <laughs> no, 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 I'm going to give you that. Yeah, I don't yeah. know what. Sub- I forgot he was Juggernaut, was. wasn't he? X Men: The that. Last Stand. Yeah. I'm the Juggernaut, bitch. Yeah, yeah. I'm the, ju- I'm the yeah. Juggernaut. Probably the finest X Men of all. That was dreadful. Juggernaut is possibly one of them. Yeah, Juggernaut. Right. Did I say Juggernaut? <laughs> Juggernaut is possibly the hardest X Man going as well. To be honest, mm. literally, but so, no, but literally that was a complete miscast. It was dreadful. His performance. Yeah, yeah, was horrible. he was shit. But yeah, it was good. All right. So yeah, so I mean, that goes to show. But after I got one. After being hold on, but after being plucked as a just a hard man footballer to be just a, a hard man with basically no dialogue in in lock stock or two smoking barrels he, hey, he, he, only once can I or will I let you get away with saying that? But he's not actually really in it that much, is he? But then he was the poster guy with the guns behind him. That's how mm. famous he was in England. Like mm. They just knew that the lads were going to do that. He was great. I, Vinny, I, I did love I him. I mean, Lockstock is great. I love Lockstock. Um, well, Finney yeah. Jones, looks, he's, he looks hard, which yeah, impresses Yeah, and he, and he obviously had such a good screen, <laughs> despite the fact that he's... Uh, he's a pretty limited actor. He had such a good screen presence, but straight away Hollywood snapped him up, and he ended up being in the X Men films. I served him once at the yeah. Tunnel Garage. Oh, really? Uh, what? Yeah. Yeah. Did yeah, yeah, I served him at the Tunnel Garage. He, he, walked, he walked past me in the garage in, in Berkhamsted once. What did he do? Spend all his time in garage. He used to live in Hamilton. No, he, I think he, 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 lives, he lives near the very garage or it's in man. Yeah, he used, to, he used <laughs> to live. He used to live just around the corner, and he did like a whole week shopping. All right, let's have a new feature. Who knows the Vinnie Jones the best? Okay, go on. I know Vinnie Jones the best because my sister was friends with his sister <laughs> all right danny well i don't know him that well but i do remember him serving him in total garage and him getting quite angry because i didn't know his car reg <laughs> <laughs> well i was born in the same hospital as him that's a, a what for general that's i yeah, yeah. i used to work for everest and i fitted the windows in his house okay <laughs> was he there when you fit the windows no, in? okay he wasn't, was, was it a big house? he wasn't there yeah it was a massive house in hemel Hempstead. was it when he was a footballer or when he was an actor oh, it was, was, it was an actor yeah it was like was 2000 it it was probably oh, okay. a couple of years before this actually okay this is this is my story i went to a horse riding stable once right. to pick up my sister who was horse riding, yeah. she got in the car and pointed at another girl over there and said, that's Vinnie Jones's sister. No, that's Vinnie Jones's daughter. He hasn't got a, he said, what I, are yeah. you doing? I haven't got a sister. Yeah. <laughs> what is Vinnie Jones's daughter doing in a field? In it's mental. <laughs> All right, I've got another one, by the way, for this IMDb game. Go Who's go is it? Uh, Seth's go. go on, Seth. 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 Okay, so we've got one more film. So we said Snatch, Lockstock and X-Men. What's the last film that he's most known for on the IMDb? Uh, oh, God. Um, Schindler's List. Who's <laughs> 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 played in Schindler's List? <laughs> Football Factory. Not Football Factory. No, I, I don't know. I actually don't know. I can't think. Not Mean Machine. Oh, bloody hell. No. I would have said Mean Machine. I mean, again, but I, this is why I do this game. I'm not actually sure he's in either of those. They're just films that, that might is, be. He was in Mean Machine. <laughs> this is why I do this game. Because 
every every time there's just a random one thrown in there. You, I'd be shocked. Is it a anything. film? It's a film, yeah. You're ne- none of you are going to get it. All right, fuck it then, yeah. Was... Right, but it could have been Gone in 60 Seconds. Good yeah, it could have been. It could have been, been the well. remake of, uh, what's that one where he's in, pr- in prison? Is that Mean Machine? Yeah, that's Mean Machine. Okay, yeah. but instead, it was The Midnight Meat Train, starring Bradley Cooper, in which, in which Vinnie Jones is billed above Bradley Cooper. Really? Stephen King's Rose Red. What's the Midnight Meat Train? <laughs> I've never heard of it. The Midnight Meat Train, a photographer's obsessive pursuit of dark, dark subject matter, leads him to, into the path of a serial killer who stalks late-night commuters, ultimately butchering them in the most gruesome ways imaginable. Press play, press play. Who does Vinnie Jones Vinnie play Jones? in that? Is that Vinnie Jones? Vinnie Jones plays Mahogany. <laughs> <laughs> Vinnie Jones is Mahogany. Oh, uh, who else is in this? Leslie Bibb. Really? That's weird. Brooke Shields. When was this made? Why would Bradley Cooper in this? 2008. You should have known better. What would I... Lady Gaga think? The Midnight Meat Train. Yeah, Starring right. Vinnie Jones. And <laughs> Leslie Leslie yeah, yeah, you are the best. Bradley Cooper. There we go. <laughs> should you do, I did do a little trailer for it while you... What? The Midnight Meat Train? <laughs> yeah, yeah. What time is it? It's almost midnight. <laughs> Here comes the... <laughs> 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 I'm the meat train, bitch. Anyone want any meat? (laughs) Dodgy butcher. Kisses kisses meat delivered around the back. (laughs) (laughs) All right, all right. We're getting off off topic a little bit here. What were we anyway? What were we talking about? Uh, Vinnie Jones about to beat Ross Kemp. Oh yeah. Oi, Kemp! Yeah. <laughs> uh, but so, yeah, so then uh, Vinnie Jones, tough guy Vinnie Jones, he ends up winning over Kemp, doesn't he? Massively, he leaves, yeah. And Kemp's just left there in a typical kind of like tragic. But no, he, he leaves, but obviously he's got, uh, what's his name? Greg? Greg Just him, following yeah. behind, like sort of swaying, like swaggering his way out with his hands in his pockets, doesn't even need to say anything. <laughs> his look to Andy. Actually, so, si- so symbolically, Greg wins. Greg and wins, exactly. Dad, absolutely. Your dad, you know? Yeah, yeah, doubles. Yeah. Like, absolutely. yeah, but that's the thing, yeah, because cause in the end of it, Kemp's tragedy is so so tied to Andy's tragedy. Absolutely, it? it's Millman's tragedy, really. Not only is he tied to it in the fact that Millman was relying on the line, but. Basically, like we said, Milman used Kemp as his proxy. Absolutely. And so when when Kemp is revealed to be this this kind of weak charlatan, that reflects on Andy. Exactly. Right? Yeah, that's exactly a really good point. That's so true. That's exactly what I, I, I have to ask this question: If they were in a duel, stripped to the waist, skin on skin, to the death, who do you think would actually win? What, it's got to be really Jones. It's got to be Jones. I'm going to put it. To do you think Jones? I tell you what, I'm actually going to look up because I didn't look this up yesterday. I should have. Is what? I mean, what's Ross? Because I looked up his career on EastEnders. You can I... look up that you can look up their fighting record. No, I want to look no, up what, gonna... where he's from. What's his background like? <laughs> okay, here we go. After training yeah. at the Weber, yeah, there we go. He's After training at the Weber Douglas Academy of Dramatic Art, Kemp received his equity card when, when appearing alongside John Thor. Blah blah blah. Uh, it doesn't because it normally says like what is what his um, upbringing is like. It doesn't say that. But I'm gonna guess that I, I reckon Kemp's a bit more middle class than we'd think. <coughs> oh well, listen, I, listen, Jones listen, would kick his ass. Yo, listen, I'm gonna. To I'm, his so, so you think that that's what kicks someone's ass then, being middle class? I'm gonna put. A, no, but jo- I, jo- I know. Just, Vinny Jones is an all-out hard man. That's what he did. Um, whereas Ross Kemp, he's a classically trained actor. I don't. I, I think yeah, really it's gonna be Vinny Jones. Yeah. But that explains like the bit in it. That explains the dynamic behind between him and Vinny Jones. I think. Well, yeah, exactly. He's a classically yeah, 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 yeah. trained actor, and here's this guy that's. <laughs> You know, to him, 
he just thinks, right, he's walked on a football pitch and he's having more success than me. This is outrageous. That's why he's bitter. But I mean, them the breaks is that's that, that's, yeah, that's, yeah. that's showbiz, isn't it? Sometimes yeah, exactly. it's, just, it's just what you look like in the uh, and, and the, yeah, and the, the, and the luck you get, and yeah, exactly, yeah, and the vibe you give off. And it's exactly, and it's like that's what he would, you know, he imagines himself being that character in Lockstock. And Ross Kemp could have played. Uh, Ross Kemp could have played Big Chris, but it, it it just wouldn't have looked right, could it? it, it, it but yeah, no, Ross Ross Kemp doesn't really have as, as this sounds stupid as a comment. He doesn't have as hard a face. Vinnie Jones is more intimidating looking. Yeah. No, it's, it's true actually. This is what I was going to say about this last scene. Is it? It is maybe it's a testament to it's either a testament to the fact that Kemp isn't actually a hard man and he's able to portray yeah. all these dense, or it's a testament to, to how good an actor he is. But he is a hard man and he's synonymous with being Grant Mitchell. And if you see him as Grant Mitchell, he looks tough, right? But then in that stupid little Horatio Nelson hat and outfit. At the yeah. end, when he's got that little sad face on, you look at him and you think you don't look tough. He kind of, his he, he kind of like visibly shrinks in the role, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, he, he just, does. Yeah, he really he, does. He doesn't yeah. look like a hard man, does he? Like if anyone showed right. you a screenshot of that, and said, "Oh, that's a hard man," you go, "Really? That little round face, zippy looking <laughs> yeah. bastard." Do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. So, oh, I mean, my wife. So that either goes to show what a good actor he is, or the fact that he's not a hard man at all. I don't know which one it is, but. <laughs> And then it turns out he gets bullied, and then he, you know, he says he's going to go to family affairs because there's no bullying on family affairs. They're really nice people. <laughs> Of course, family affairs is that. Um... I don't even know what that is. Yeah, by what the is family affairs? Oh, it's a god awful. It's like neighbours or you something. You know, when, like when, that, Chan- like when, Chan- when um, Channel 5 started. Yeah, that was it. It was their flagship thing. I think it actually ended the year this, this episode was on. I looked Probably. it up. Yeah, 2005 it finished. So, um, but no, it, 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 it was it was like uh, it was like the lowest of the low. Like you know cross, what I mean? It was, it was like, like crossroads that level. <laughs> yeah, it was like it was like Z list. You know, yeah. once you, if you crossed, if you did go to family affairs, that was it. Your career was like <laughs> is that is that where actors' careers went to die in this country? Family yeah. affairs, really? Yeah, because yeah, it was Channel Five. It was it was the tackiest channel, and it was the lowest budget. Uh, TV show on it. So, by the way, guys, in terms of our question a few minutes ago, right, I've just put a quick poll, 20 minutes, on Twitter to say who would win in a real fight, Ross Kemp or Vinnie Jones. So I like it. We'll come back to that in a few minutes. We've already had 36 votes. I won't tell you which which way it's going. (laughs) Who who are we saying then? Who do you reckon? Danny? Um, I reckon Vinnie Jones, but I reckon Ross Kemp would pop a hell of a fight. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Seth? I think I'm going to go with Ross Kemp because he has actual SAS training. Okay, uh, Jack? Jones, I'm going to say Vinnie Jones. I think Vinnie Jones too, but only because I think he might cheat. He might grab him by the balls. Yeah, he's yeah. a dirty fighter. I, I feel like he's gonna, he'll have knuckle dusters or something. I feel like I've got more evidence that Ross Kemp can remain calm under pressure because he's had guns pointed at him. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. That was a real... That, so, uh, did you see that clip, Seth? Do you think that was real? Yeah, I think it was real. He, yeah. so, so hold on, so just just for context, yeah, we're so talking we'll, about the scene from Ross Kemp on on Ross Kemp, on gang, Ross gang, Kemp in the jungle, yeah. or something yeah, like that. Where he he and his camera crew come across like <laughs> a working um, title. <laughs> they come across one of these kind of like gorilla yeah, yeah, army yeah. Yeah, 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 kind yeah. of like platoons yeah. of these guys that like these kind of just these insane jungle and they, guys. Yeah, with they're their, basically bandits. Yeah, they hold people. Yeah, yeah, up. yeah, 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 and. They uh, Kemp just approaches him, tries to tries to get an interview. Yep. And they start off by obviously testing him out, and they just aim their guns at him, right? Yeah. And he sort of grabs the barrel of this gun and says, "Are you going to shoot me? Are you going to shoot me?" And pushes it away. And even the cameraman gets a gun on him at one point and has to sort of crouch down and stuff. So that's the funny thing. He does. He did actually look quite well trained for it. Yeah. So, yeah exactly. Like, I guess he just kind of. 
if he is a real tough guy, obviously the, the number one rule of being a tough guy is never show <coughs> your opponents that you're not tough, and then they'll respond, yeah, ne- which is exactly never show what weakness. He, he, gra- he grabs the gun by the barrel and says, "You're not going to shoot me, are you? Yeah. Why are you going to shoot me?" And then in the end. Put the gun um, down. Yeah, the skin. And then the gorilla guy. If you shoot me, I will unleash hell. <laughs> that's essentially He's so brilliant in that, man. I love but, him so much. But then the, uh, what's it called? Uh, the, um, the gorilla guys just start smiling, don't they? And it turns out that they were just kind of like testing they were, they were him. Testing him, yeah. Yeah, yeah and he, he passed the test. I think that's kind of, it's, oh. it's more kind of uh, being brave, though. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's and I'm just sure being able that, to, I mean, if it's part it, of his training. I guess your question, James, is do you think it was real? Do you think it was a setup, or do you reckon it was real? Mm. I guess if it was real, then Kemp probably would have been given a debrief before he went into the jungle, being told, like, if you meet these guys, that's true, yeah. Just don't. This show, is what you do. Don't show weakness because they will be tested. Yeah, it's a right. test. It's a test. They won't shoot you. It's a test, sort of yeah, thing, yeah. or something like that. Yeah. I'm just saying there should yeah. be tests. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're, all, we're all ears, Vinny. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so yeah, so we're all saying. Point a gun at him, see if he responds. So yeah, <laughs> despite despite that, and despite the fact that actually now I think about it, I think Jones would have crumbled like a little bitch. What in the jungle? Ha- yeah, I think still that Vinnie Jones would would beat Kemp. Crumble in the jungle. Crumble. In the jungle. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> yeah, we're good. always like this. <laughs> uh, but I think I think just basically because Vinnie Jones looks like he'd fight more dirty. Yeah, that's what I said. Yeah. I, I, I think that too. Not that, no, I've seen it, I've not that he would necessarily cheat and get out like a weapon or something, but I just think he looks scrappy. Whereas Kemp, it gives you a head last ten minutes talking like about who would win in a fight. This is pure Gareth Keane in this whole conversation. <laughs> 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 I've not seen him fight Ross Kemp in the jungle. Has any Stenders active ever been born that could be any joke? Don't ask me any more questions. Right, everyone, it's the bit of the episode we all look forward to every week. It is the quiz hey. on series hey. one, episode two. Now, general consensus was that my quiz last week was a bit shit, but it wasn't the greatest episode. So <laughs> this week, I've put myself out a bit did, more. Did we say that? All right, don't blame the episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on. We, we, well, I thought that was the general consensus, but <laughs> a good workman never blames his tools. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. I think that was after we stopped recording as well. Yeah. Danny, to be okay. Fair <laughs> Slagging you off. I made a bit more of an effort with the quiz for the second episode. It's a leather marker. Um, so, without further ado, gentlemen, can we hear your buzzers? Gotta get some work soon. Gotta get some work soon. James has gotta get some work soon. <laughs> Mr. Jack Kendall. Super Army Soldiers. <laughs> and in Spain, Mr. Seth Bolton. Put a bit of minge around it. <laughs> like a dead horse. A bit of Spanish minge around it. <laughs> yeah. uh, can I just say, Danny, actually... Eleven doesn't like break down into three. Do you know what I mean? It should be what? it should be either ten or thirteen, right? No, it doesn't wow. matter, does it? Because it's never usually comes. Oh, this means that it can very least it can come down as a two way tie, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I mean, if it was twelve, well. then we could end up with four for everyone. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So it yeah, eleven well, with eleven. Or I could just storm it again. Result. I don't forget yeah. I won last week. I won <laughs> yeah, most exactly. of them, so I wouldn't worry too much about it. I, okay. I wasn't here last week. You won, did you, James? Yeah, I did. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so hang on a minute. This isn't fair. I did. You guys are one ahead of me, so. Yeah, you're gonna have, you're, you're, really, you're gonna be a special guest. Uh, we'll have to. I don't know. We're gonna have right, to make some. Yeah, we're yeah, gonna yeah. have to make some I'll join allowances in. for the really yeah. disabled kid on yeah. Skype. Yeah, what's your cut? We better just re-record the whole episode <laughs> so everyone has an equal chance. To, maybe next time we'll get like a proxy to do Seth's quiz for him. Yeah, know. if anyone wants to get involved and get on, come online for the Seth's bit of the quiz next time. <laughs> yeah, That's yeah. quite a good idea, actually. Yeah, yeah. All right, whatever. Most sensible thing you said all day. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, get on with it. Yeah. Than you anyway, yeah. oh, what am I like? <laughs> yeah. Okay, right. Question number one. So, fastest finger first. 
Oh, wait, wait, wait. Let me get my buzzer active because, you know. Hang on, hang on, hang on. He's active. Regular as clockwork. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, out, I'm out buzzing. Regular as clockwork. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Question number one. For one mark, what does Maggie say Annie Milman will look like in a few years? Uh, oh, shit. Where while Ross Kemp will still be a rugged, handsome man, what will Andy look like? Gotta get some oh. work soon. Gotta get some work soon. What is it? He's gonna have, he's gonna have uh, two chins. So what's he, what animals are he gonna look like? Uh, oh, fucking hell, I was watching this minutes ago. Yeah. A frog? No, not a frog. I can't even think. I can't remember. You stumped me on the first question. It's a pelican. <laughs> pelican. Oh, yeah. Oh, like a pelican oh, in a few oh years. good question. Question number two. This is a two marker. Um, it's some dates. I want the first one and the last one. One mark for each date. When did Andy work at NatWest? Oh, fucking old Andy. Oh. So, okay, right. Wasn't that me? You, get, you only get one attempt at both dates. So, I heard... Okay. Okay, right. Who? 1993 to 1996. That was wrong. Jack? Ah. 1989 to uh, to 2001. No. No. James, you want to have a go? Mm, okay. Uh, 1995 to 2000. No. 1986 to 1999. I knew it was an 81. Oh, you should have known. You know what really? quiz questions I said. Yeah, ridiculously hard. I was the closest. Yeah, yeah. He's just so hard. I well, think we might I'm need not to... giving any marks for that. Okay. Yeah, question literally, number... no one's got any marks. So oh, this is good. This is what we want. They get a bit easier. They get easier. Well, question number that. three. Yeah. How long does Ross Kemp say he has um, hold his breath, claimed to have hold his breath underwater? James? Oh, we all went off at the same time. Three minutes. Oh, nearly. Jack? Three and a half minutes. Three and a half minutes. Oh, oh come on. Well done, Jack. Oh. Oh, half... Are you pressing, Seth? Because we can't hear you. I am pressing. No, I can hear him. It's just all went off at the same time. You're just, you're just thinking of Bear grills and his, th- you know, Rule of three. three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That'd be too easy if it was three minutes, <laughs> wouldn't it? I always get stitched up on these because no one yeah. can get my buzzer. Oh, yeah. Question number yeah. four. <laughs> what, do, what is it that Andy thinks is in his food? That was me, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Did you okay. hear me? What is it? It was a, it was a, it was a pube, wasn't it? it? Correct. It was indeed a pube. Oh. Yes. Of course. What That's it, a brilliant. What, but but well. this isn't the question. But what actually was it? <laughs> Straight in, no messing. Dog hair. It's a dog hair. This isn't a, a dog hair. Yeah, yeah, it's a dog hair. So yeah. That wasn't Don't worry. It's it's not a pube. It's a dog hair. Okay. Question <laughs> Just get number. Out of his big sausage question fingers. number five. He pulled out his big sausage fingers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> question number five. How old is Maggie's date? James. 34. 34, correct. I'm sure I pressed that before, James. Oh, well, whatever. Whatever, I'm just a guest. Just say, just, <laughs> just say it out loud with your voice, uh, Okay, all right, I'll say whoa, it Whoa, 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 whoa. No, 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 because what if we're halfway through buzzing? Well, you should, what? then you would have heard ours first. Hang on, but hang on, can you hear this? Voice. If I press it, can you hear it? I can't, what, why, why don't you put your hand... Put your hand up for, on the screen. I will. I'll go by that. Yeah, like that. What do you mean? All right. Yeah, just put your hand up. Yeah. Put okay. a bit of hand round it. <laughs> Question number six. How, for how many days was Darren Lamb's phone off the hook? Gotta get some work soon. Gotta get some work soon. This keeps turning off. Anyway. Okay, Steph. Uh, two days. Two days. Correct. Okay. Next question. Um, how long has Darren been Andy's agent with nothing coming in? Gotta get some work soon. Gotta get some work soon. A very apt quote there. What's the answer, James? Five years. Five years, exactly. Yeah. Ooh. He has been the agent for five years and nothing's come in. 
Question number eight. And get keen here because this is a this is a classic Danny Arnold two mark, two pointer with three things. <laughs> two points for one point for two. Yeah, then another yeah. one get the third. Yep. Yeah. What does Greg list that he's been in with speaking? Super Army oh, yeah. soldiers. There's Jack. three. Uh, okay, I want three of them. So I'll give it to Jack first. Holby City. Holby City. Yeah, oh, I know one of them. He's not on there. Oh, oh no, obviously he's not on there. No. Oh, okay, I know, I know. I know, I know. Yeah. Yep. Um, anyone else? Yeah. Uh, can I have a go? Yep, you can. Uh, crime and Punishment. No, not, it's not um, uh. Dostoevsky's Crime and Punishment. <laughs> the, the Bill. The Bill, yep. And uh, Holby, no, Casualty. Oh, no. Yeah, no. Silent Witness. Yep. Yeah. Silent Witness, that's go. it. No, yep. That's what I meant by crime. Silent, can silent anyone, Witness. Can, <laughs> anyone, can anyone shout out a third? <laughs> for the point. Um, oh, that's not it. Oh. Yeah, whoever's, uh, we've got Emmett. We've got... Emmerdale. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, because I messed up by Sam Emmerdale, I'll give you both a point. <laughs> 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 I, got, I got one about Emmerdale in a minute. Yeah, yeah. Suez Canal moment. Right, okay, so now we're on. James is on three, Seth's on three, and Jack is on one. Yeah, we so yeah. every, everything comes down to the last question. Is this the last question? Yes, All right. number nine. All right, let's do it. What is Andy Millman's line that he makes up then can't remember in my family as he initially says it? As he initially. Oh, as okay. he initially says it. Seth? Look, here's the ticket. Oh, no. That's not right. Ah, Jack. Here you go. No, James. Uh, yeah, no problem. Yeah, sure, no problem. Uh. <laughs> That's close enough. I'm going to give it to James. <laughs> he didn't what, say what sure. What was the line? Oh, it was yeah, sure, no problem. So well, hang on, wait, hang on. I'll be the I'll be the bus conductor. You be you just be you. Yeah. Tickets, please. Can I see your tickets, please? <laughs> Oh, it was years ago. <laughs> <laughs> That's such a great little moment. Right, well. So once again? Once again, yep, James is the winner. There we go. Oh, yeah. Guys, we're going to have to stop doing these quizzes a if it's going to be a whitewash every time. Controversial um, circumstances, but yep, James wins. To be fair, I didn't actually get the question right at the yeah, end there. That was like, but yeah, you're nearer than any of the rest of them, so... There you go. Yeah. Okay, so that about wraps up uh, the second episode of the Extras Podcast Guide. Excellent work. Good yeah. discussions. It's been, it's been fun. Having, Excellent debate. It's been fun having all four of us back in the room. Massively, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I, yeah, really enjoyed it. I've enjoyed this one. Yeah, yeah. I feel like we came more alive for this episode. Just yeah, yeah. It's, it's just more fun to talk about. Yeah, I was so much more looking forward to this episode than the last yeah, one. I don't right. know whether it's Seth being here or the episode just being better, or maybe a perfect mix of both. But it's just been more fun this time round. Yeah. More laid back. More, more laid fun. back, more fun. <laughs> <laughs> oh, guys, we've had some feedback on our on our uh, poll. Oh, so the, the, the Twitter poll, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So earlier on, we were asked the question to the audience: uh, Who would win in a real fight, Ross Kemp or Vinnie Jones? We've had lots of feedback on here, lots of comments. I'm just going to read a couple. So Nigel Syrat uh, uh, says: Has Vinnie Jones ever been under fire from an actual war zone? I mean, fair enough. <laughs> Kemp squealed like a little girl, but my God, he did it. So there you go. He's been to the war. Uh, yeah. Jamie says, has Ross Kemp ever received a yellow card three seconds into a football match? Now, that's good going. Yeah, so, yeah. to be fair, <laughs> fair play, really. Yeah, that's good <laughs> Jared Stone, Ross Kemp would destroy him and would say, Vinny, put the baseball bat down. It's just you and me, man on man, stripped to the waist, to the death. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but the results were 65% in favour of Vinny Jones. There we go. Oh, there you go. Got- 
not not a landslide. <laughs> That's it's ever... just purely because he, he just looks tough. Yeah, he he's looks he's way tough. tougher. Especially when they're both the time that they the only time they've ever stood face to face next to each other is when he Ross kept wearing a stupid little Horatio <laughs> yeah. Nelson outfit, and Vinnie Jones is wearing off. some where Vinnie Jones is wearing some Union Jack T-shirt looking like something. And Vinnie Jones is a lot taller than him and more yeah. imposing. Maybe if but we could and actually also Vinnie Jones Ross Kemp when you think about it doesn't actually have any real hard man activity in his life. Like, he never got in street fights or anything, whereas Vinnie Jones was notorious for beating people up in yeah, pubs yeah. and stuff. Maybe we so could start a campaign to get them to have a charity boxing match like Ricky did with yeah. the movie. <laughs> or maybe should we start a rumour that Kemp thinks he's harder than Vinnie Jones? Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Vinnie Jones yeah. 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 Some extras yeah. podcast I was listening to. <laughs> <laughs> he's definitely listening. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, everybody, for listening. And um, if you're a new listener, don't forget to rate and review and subscribe. And if you're an old listener, yeah, well, don't why not? Just, yeah. Share the podcast. You know, if you ever knew you about <laughs> if you know people that like extras but um, didn't like the office so much, then please share this podcast with them. I um, want to get ourselves some new listeners. And yeah, it'd be interesting to see because extras did way better than the office in the ratings naturally in mm. America at least. So it'd be interesting to see if uh, and probably actually when it was live on TV in England. So I wonder if we're going to get more listeners, like any new listeners to this. I'm not sure it in great itself in popular culture. I mean, look at the reaction when Ricky Gervais played. Um, you know, the fat, the David Bowie song at Live Aid versus The Dance. That's true. Oh, that was terrible. But that yeah. Was, yeah, but that was early that was kinda, days, that, right? that, was Vinny, that was Ricky Gervais literally peaking. Yeah. That and was, then about to drop off. That was early, yeah, that that was was true, early yeah. doors, Ricky Gervais as well. That, that, you know, he's, I, I'd say he's actually probably more popular now because of all of his animal rights nonsense that he does. He certainly oh. got a very specific niche group of fans who will just follow him till his dying day and by the way I, seen yeah. with Afterlife. I say nonsense but I pretty much yeah. agree with almost all of his animal stuff I mean his, his uh, atheist stuff can get a little bit wearing at times but yeah. to be fair he's absolutely doing the right thing as far but as I that mean, stuff is concerned I mean yes he doesn't think there should be animal cruelty no 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 but, but, it's, it's literally, hard to argue but literally all the money <laughs> yeah. he earns he just he pumps into these animal charities to but be fair, fair, fair like literally fair we're fair talking fair. millions and millions and millions of pounds he's a huge advocate of a lot of these charities mm. Yeah, well. So, You've changed your tune from uh, animal rights and nonsense. Yeah, I know. I did think that after I said it. But I think I call things nonsense all the time. But yeah, I, I, like, I was just clarifying. If, if anyone's showing sincerity towards something they're passionate about, it's nonsense. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, extras, nonsense. You're, you're getting it's a much more insight into my... Uh... It's, it's, not, it's not fair to leave them chained up, like the real Nelson. <laughs> so, Danny, have you got a quote to wrap up on? Or? I can't get you a guest slot. This, this happens to me every podcast. I just get bullied every time. And I can't get your guest appearance if that's what you're waiting around for. So, you know, sorry. You know, I'm just, I get so down, I'm considering just, you know, ending it. What, suicide? No, considering going on, uh, what the actual fuck with this country podcast. There's no bullying on that podcast. They're nice people. <laughs>